Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. In our brief sessions of 15 minutes each week, there's so much that we don't have time for. But I trust that these moments provide for you some food for thought, some challenge to live for God, some conviction about your need of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray that God will use these moments this day for His glory and your blessing. Loving Heavenly Father, make these moments special. Lord, we are not capable of knowing all that you have planned for us. But we're confident that you know the way we go. We thank you that you have called us to be like Jesus and that you've made the provision. You promised us the Holy Spirit to indwell us. And so today, Lord, for every blood-bought child of God, I pray that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled to the overflowing, filled that your name may radiate through our lives, that your glory will rise from each listener today and from me. And for all of this, our God, we give you thanks. We pray for the state of the nation of the United States. We pray for the trouble in Venezuela. We pray for the trouble in the Middle East, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Lord Israel, and the nations surrounding her. Lord, we pray that you would bring to men and women everywhere today the profound awareness that you are still God and you're still able to do what no human beings can do. Lord, help us to remember that the Lord Jesus promised to return and according to the prophecy of your word, He will take the kingdoms of the earth and he will reign forever and ever. Lord, reign in our lives today. Make your word special, precious, productive in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been lingering around the scenes following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been visiting some of the post-resurrection moments of the Lord Jesus. And today we want to do with do it one more time. And our, our story today comes from the book of John, chapter 21. Now, theologians and Bible scholars argue as to whether John 21 was part of the original text or whether it's a postlude that was added afterwards. Whatever it is, my friend, is there and is full of spiritual 
lessons for all of us. So my prayer today is that this story, this post-resurrection story, which was the second time, the third time he was with all of his disciples, or most of them anyway. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Galilee, however you choose to identify it. I remember being on the Sea of Galilee and crossing over. It happened that day to be a calm and lovely day, but I think of the time when the disciples of the Lord were on that same body of water and a rip-roaring wind came through and rocked the boat and it was then that Jesus demonstrated one more time that he came from the Father and he spoke to the wind. He rebuked the wind. I don't know whether he said, peace be still or peace be still. The language seems to suggest he spoke with a commanding voice. And whatever your circumstances are today, Jesus wants to speak to it. So it says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. The question, the first question I want to ask before we read further in this passage, what things? After what things? Well, I think it's important that we recognize it was after he had met with them in the upper room for two consecutive Lord's Days, after he showed himself to them, after he challenged them to carry on the work that he had begun, to take the message of the gospel, to go back and wait in Jerusalem till the power came upon them. After all of this, that we read the account that we're going to take a look at today. It says, why we, well, let, let me say, I, I, why we don't know the impact, the importance, the degree of importance that we ought to place on the lessons from this passage, I do know that there are lessons there. And if you will allow God, the Holy Spirit, to use the lessons to challenge your life, I have a guarantee your life will be enriched. Your Christian walk will have a brisker gait. Your voice will be a clearer sound. Your life will reflect the Master more. Now, to each of us, there come messages that are sometimes very personal. Although they're written in the Word of God, it's for each of us to grasp it, to make it our own, to apply it to our own circumstances. It says, And in this way he showed himself, Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, or the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. Now that seemed like a simple, fun thing to do, a reasonable thing for men who had been fishermen. But permit me to put some more meaning, importance to that statement at that time. Jesus had given them a commission. Now, I don't know whether they needed a break from the weariness of waiting, or could it be that they had simply lost their sharp edge? Now, there are those of you listening to me, 
and I include myself in my statement I'm going to make now, there was a time in our lives when the call of God was clear and the mission of God in our lives was unquestionable. But along the way, we lost our focus. We began to wonder if we made the right choice or we wanted to modify our commitment. Friend, I know it's possible. How do I know? Been there, done that. Shamefully, painfully, been there and done that. Let me urge you, if God has called you, it doesn't have to be in full-time ministry, called you to be a witness at school, to be a voice on the job, to be a leader in the home, whatever God's call upon your life is. There's no vacation from that. All the times of rest, but you can't rest from that. And I suspect that these disciples had fallen into that trap. So they said, sure, I'll go with you. Lesson number two, we can lead people astray. Sometimes those of us who are more leadership inclined, more outgoing, more persuasive, can set the standard for others to fail with us. Or, by the grace of God, we can set the standard for them to grow with us. But they followed Peter. He was a, a leading type. He was, he was a big mouth, but he also had big dreams. We're going with you. They went out into the boat, and that night they didn't catch a single thing. You see, God was behind all this. Jesus knew what they were doing. And the morning came and they were tired and disappointed and probably hungry. And as they come close to shore, there is a, a presence there and there's a voice there. But they're not sure it's Jesus. It could hardly be. How do you know they're there? How did they get there? All kinds of questions. But Jesus was there. And my friend, it may be that you and I think we can hide from God in a little corner of distance, of going back, perhaps of literally backsliding. But Jesus, Jesus is there. And Jesus said to them, children, fellows, guys, have you any food? And they said, no. He, I, Jesus could have needled them a bit and said, you mean you didn't catch anything? You toiled all night, you're a good fisherman. My friend, when you step out, on the wrong side of God's will for your life, things can get pretty dry. Now, I'm not talking about material success. There are people who are outside of the will of God and they're very successful. But God is exacting from them and will exact from them their commitment. My friend, nothing is worth leaving the center of the will of God for. The Christians at Ephesus had walked out on first love. They were kind of like these disciples. And Jesus invites them back. Now, I'm talking to somebody. I know there are too many people listening for there not to be at least one person who fits that description. Walked out on God. Turned your back on the Lord's commission. His call upon your life. And Jesus said to them, cast the neck on the right side of the ship. You see, it isn't that Jesus wanted them to be deprived and hungry and to be failures. He wanted them to be successful, but he wanted them to put first things first. May I ask you today, are you putting first 
things first? Or have you gone fishing with the Peters near you? Or are you the Peter that leads, that's leading them astray? And Jesus had food for them. Jesus had loved for them. There is warmth in the Father's heart. There is joy in the Father's house. There is hunger and pain. There is coldness and darkness and question and hate in the far country, in the place outside the will of God. So come home today. Don't stay away. The master is on the beach and he wants to spiritually feed you. He wants to meet you where you are. Come, come, come back to him. Oh, my friend, come home. Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling, O oh sinner, come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies? Mercies for you and for me. Time is now fleeting. The moments are passing, passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering. Deathbeds are coming, coming for you, coming for me. Lord, grant that listeners might come home today. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, if you come home today, I can tell us about it. We'd love to help you grow. Put some literature in your hand or a Bible. God help you to come. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.